This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Indeed, the word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Yes, the word of God is living and effective today in my life and in yours. And that's the very reason why I'm offering this weekly podcast where I reflect upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. So now please join me on Faith Moments with Dina Marie as we break open the Word of God together, inviting His Word to change our lives forever. Greetings and welcome to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, a weekly podcast to proclaim and to ponder our Sunday Mass readings. Well, this Sunday is the 14th of August. It's the 20th Sunday in ordinary time. If the 14th of August didn't fall on a Sunday, it would be the Feast of Maximilian Kolbe. I always remember his feast day, a Franciscan friar who loved the Immaculata, the Blessed Virgin Mary, and died, as many of you know, in Auschwitz, really holding steadfast to the truth of Jesus Christ in the midst of complete persecution as a Catholic priest. But his feast day falls just one day before a beautiful solemnity in the church called the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Throughout the year, we have many feast days and solemnities that honor the Blessed Virgin Mary. We'll have one in September known as the Nativity or the birthday of our Blessed Mother. We actually open up the new year with the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, uh, that that truth that we believe in the church, that Mary was immaculately conceived so that she would bear Jesus Christ. We have a feast called Mary, Mother of God. That's a title, also a dogma in the church that we call Mary, the Mother of God. And then this feast day, the Assumption, another truth that the church teaches is that Mary was assumed body and soul into heaven. We don't have relics. We don't have uh, a burial tomb for Mary anywhere on earth because she was taken by God himself to himself at a proper time. And we call that event the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So three feast days out of the year, the Immaculate Conception, Mary, Mother of God, and the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary are all truths that the Catholic Church teaches. We call them dogmas as well. And so as we come to that feast day on Monday, I just want to encourage you to go to Mass on Monday to look at the schedule of the churches that are near you. It might be where you live, your own home parish, or maybe if you work on Monday, you can look at the parishes that might be around you and look at their schedule for Monday, the Feast of the Assumption. While it typically is a holy day of obligation, which means it has such a high recognition in the church liturgically that we would treat it like a Sunday. Sunday is a holy day of obligation. We are called as Catholics to go to to Mass on Sunday. And there are certain feast days in the church, and the Feast of the Assumption is one of them, that is like a Sunday. However, 
Uh, the church gives us a little bit of flexibility, and sometimes I wish she wouldn't, but that she says it's not a holy day if it falls close to a Sunday, which since it falls on Monday, it's not officially a holy day of obligation, but boy, oh boy, anytime we can come to Holy Mass and particularly call upon the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary is a good day for us. So I really encourage you to go to Mass on the fort, uh, excuse me, on the 15th, also on the 14th, because that's Sunday, for the Feast of the Assumption. And I wanted to open today with a little bit of that preamble, sharing with you the collect and actually one of the entrance antiphons that you'll hear when you go, because I know you're all going to go to Mass on the 15th of August. And here's one of the entrance antiphons the priest can pray. It's so beautiful. Let us all rejoice in the Lord. As we celebrate the feast day in honor of the Virgin Mary, at whose assumption the angels rejoice and praise the Son of God. Let us rejoice. Can you imagine? I just, can you imagine the angels, right? Because the angels, when do we hear them in scripture? The angels, of course, announcing the annunciation of the Blessed Virgin Mary when Gabriel tells the Blessed Mother, you have been chosen. The Lord is asking, will you be the mother of God? And when, when Mary says yes, the angels had to have been rejoicing. You know, they know what's going to happen next. And then, of course, when Jesus is born and we hear about the angels rejoicing, the angels come and bring the shepherds, the lowliest of the low, to begin to share with the world the birth of the Son of Man, the birth of the, the Messiah, the divine Messiah, the angels were there to rejoice. Now, we know, because angels are always present, that they're always present in every moment, but how, how much joy must they have had at that moment of Mary's passing from this life into heaven, that as God assumes the Blessed Virgin Mary, she did not ascend. We know that Jesus ascended by his own power, through the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of God, Jesus ascends to heaven. But our blessed mother is assumed. She's taken body and soul. And so at whose assumption the angels rejoice and they're praising God. They're praising God to see how merciful he is, to see how loving a father he is, that he is going to take the blessed mother and now she will have a special role to play as queen of heaven and earth. And so the collect prayer for this feast of the assumption is this, almighty ever living God who assumed the immaculate Virgin Mary, the mother of your son, these are great truths in the church, body and soul into heavenly glory, grant, we pray, that we, always attentive to the things that are above, we may merit to be sharers of her glory. And when we say that, I think about that beautiful title, Mary, Mother of Hope. We connect Mary with hope, the hope of all Christians, that through her life example, because she was born just like us, human in nature just like us, but immaculately conceived, not like us, full of grace, not like us, but she shares in the glory of God. 
And so where she goes, she's inviting us to follow in her footsteps, which are in the footsteps of God. And so Mary is that mother of hope that now she reigns with her son in glory. She sees the beatific vision. She now can intercede on our behalf as sons and daughters of God still on earth, dealing with sin every day, battling with sin, battling with those who defy God. And yet Mary is there. Mary is there in her um, in, in glory, in heavenly glory, that she has received that beautiful welcome from her Father, our Heavenly Father, Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us. Mother of hope, pray for us. And I just I brought out my beautiful Mary uh, statue there image to remind us of how much our Blessed Mother so loves us and wants to wants us to be in heaven with her Son, with our Lord Jesus Christ. So now let's look at the readings and the readings are really powerful. I call these the eternal blaze, you know, the fire on the earth. And so let's listen to what the word of God has to say to us today. Our first reading for the 20th Sunday in ordinary time comes from the book of Jeremiah chapter 38. In those days, the princes said to the king, Jeremiah ought to be put to death. He is demoralizing the soldiers who are left in this city and all the people by speaking such things to them. He is not interested in the welfare of our people, but in their ruin. King Zedekiah answered, He is in your power, for the king could do nothing with them. And so they took Jeremiah and threw him into the cistern of Prince Malachi which was in the quarters of the guard, letting him down with ropes. There was no water in the cistern, only mud, and Jeremiah sank into the mud. Eben Melech, a court official, went there from the palace and said to him, My lord king, these, men's have been, these men have been at fault in all they have done to the prophet Jeremiah, casting him into the cistern. He will die of famine on the spot, for there is no more food in the city. Then the king ordered Ebed-Melech, the Kishite, to take three men along with him and draw the prophet Jeremiah out of the cistern before he should die. The Word of the Lord. Our psalm is Psalm 40. Lord, come to my aid. I have waited, waited for the Lord, and he stooped toward me. Lord, come to my aid. The Lord heard my cry. cry. He drew me out of the pit of destruction, out of the mud of the swamp. He set my feet upon a crag. He made firm my steps. Lord, come to my aid. And he put a new song into my mouth a hymn to our God. Many shall look on in awe and trust in the Lord. Lord, come to my aid. Though I am afflicted and poor, yet the Lord thinks of me. You are my help and my deliverer, O God, hold not back. Lord, come to my aid. Our second reading is from the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. Brothers and sisters, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, 
Let us rid ourselves of every burden and sin that clings to us and persevere in running the race that lies before us while keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, the leader and perfecter of faith. For the sake of the joy that lays before him, he endured the cross, despising its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider how he endured such opposition from sinners, in order that you may not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood. The Word of the Lord. Our Gospel reading is from Luke chapter 12. Jesus said to his disciples, I have come to set the earth on fire, and how I wish it were already blazing. There is a baptism with which I must be baptized, and how great is my anguish until it is accomplished. Do you think that I have come to establish peace on the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, a household of five will be divided, three against two and two against three. A father will be divided against his son, and a son against his father, a mother against her daughter, and a daughter against her mother, a mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I said at the opening, I, I look at this as the eternal blaze, and we'll talk a little bit about the blaze and the fire and the passion that comes from our Lord. But I want to look at this reading in Jeremiah, and the church is so good to give us, you know, every Sunday and every day in our daily readings, we hear from the Old Testament, and many of those readings will come from the, the prophets, because mo most of the Old Testament is written by the prophets here. And so we hear the plight of Jeremiah, and we see that he is accused, he's standing for the Lord, he's standing to bring a truth to the king, and, and he's getting pushback and pushback. And so eventually he is thrown into this cistern. And who do we remember also in the Old Testament being thrown into the cistern? You know, Joseph, the, the one favored son out of all of the brothers. And they just didn't like that, that he was treated specially by their father. And so, you know, Joseph with the coat of many colors and, and, and so the, the brothers have this plot first, they're going to kill him. But one of the brothers speaks up and says, no, we shouldn't do that. Uh, we'll just throw him into the cistern, but we know the story. But both of those men were holding firm to the truth. They were holding firm to what was true. And so is Jeremiah here holding firm to the truth. And so he's persecuted. He's thrown into uh, Jeremiah sank into the mud. Can you just imagine? I mean, we don't have cisterns today in our area here in North America like this. We can't really imagine what that would be like, but it doesn't sound very pleasant at all. But here's this court official who comes to Jeremiah's aid. 
And as I talked earlier about the Blessed Virgin Mary, our Blessed Mother in her assumption, she has this beautiful role of being an intercessor, a mother of hope. And so at, at the most difficult and the most horrible trials of our life, our Blessed Mother is there to guide us, to bring us to, to see the light, to see the Lord. And so here, Jeremiah and, and these four men come and bring him back out of this um, cistern. And so there's an intercession. There's an intercession when, when the truth is, when the truth is revealed and Jeremiah represents the truth of God. Here's this beautiful intercession and this help for Jeremiah. And I'm sure that even if nobody would come to his aid, Jeremiah would be firm in his stand for the Lord, his stand for truth. I'm doing what the Lord has called me to do. I'm speaking the words of the Lord. I'm not changing them for my own self-interest. I'm not changing them so that I could be politically correct because most of the time he butted heads with the politicians of the day, whether it was the kings or the rulers of the armies, but Jeremiah followed the Lord. And so that's our plight. Will we follow the Lord? Are we bold enough to stand in the truth, even when every law, even when our own family, our employer, our governors, our government, um, even business owners and doctors may defy the truth, the truth about marriage, the truth about the culture of life and the dignity of each human person, born and unborn. The dignity of our identity, male and female, he created them in their image, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Will we stand like Maximilian Kolbe? Maximilian Kolbe stood for the truth in the midst of a horrific war. And he saw that one man was going to be persecuted and killed. And that one man cried out, but I have a wife and children. And Maximilian Kolbe stepped out and said, I will take the place of that man. Throw me into the dungeon. Throw me into the consecration ca concentration camps. And you know, that was a consecration. That was a made holy. His act, complete selfless act was made holy. He declared the truth of God to the point of his martyrdom. And in that moment in the cell that Maximilian Kolbe spent some days with these people, he did everything he could to forgive their sins, absolve their sins, you know, as a priest and to be with each and every one of these people to help them to get to heaven. Maximilian Kolbe stood in the gap. Jeremiah stood in the gap. Our forefathers and foremothers who went before us in the name of Christ, in the name of the Lord, stood in the gap. And so how will we respond? in times of difficulty. The psalm is so beautiful because so much of our psalms, if we just close our eyes and just imagine what, what the psalms are depicting, he, he drew me out of the pit of destruction, out of the mud of the swamp. 
We just heard Jeremiah's plight and here are the Psalms. You know, I've waited for the Lord and he stooped toward me. The Lord makes an effort always to come in connection and to draw his sons and daughters to him out of love, out of complete love, because God is all love. And I love this. You know, we think about the pit of destruction, whatever that might mean, whether it's mental illness, addiction, abuse, anxiety, depression, financial hardships, divorce, all of these hardships, right? And listen to this. And he put a new song in my mouth that the Lord believing in the truth is a new song in my mouth, a hymn to our God. Many shall look in awe and trust in the Lord. Do you look in awe and trust in the Lord? You are my help and my deliverer. Oh my God, hold not back. Do we recognize the power of God? Do we recognize when we look around us? That's why I have this beautiful painting of the coast behind me. A very good friend of our family painted that, that um, the, the picture. And it's been hanging in my parents' home for many years. And I'm grateful to be able to take this painting. And, and it just shows me the awesomeness of God the awesomeness of the creation of God that he created us. Oh my God, hold not back. Now I want to go really quickly into Hebrews again, because I hope you read some of Hebrews. I, I have to pop it out here. Chapter 11, all of chapter 11, go back and read it. It's the faith of the ancients. And I talked about this in our last podcast. And after our reading, the writer of the Hebrews continues to talk about the faith. It's about the faith of all of these that have gone before us. And then he has this section or the writer has this section from like 32 to 40 about the faith and just list this litany of names. Uh, what more shall I say? There's just this emphasis of the faith and these last two sentences before we get into chapter 12, which comes up in our reading today. Yet all these, though appro approved because of their faith, did not receive what had been promised. God had foreseen something better for us so that with us, so that without us, they should not be made perfect. You know, these forefathers uh, had faith, total faith, because chapter 12 begins, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a witnesses. And when I hear that, I, I initially think about all of the saints, uh, the canonized saints in the church. But in this writing, it's really looking at all of those men and women who went before Jesus Christ was born in time, in history. And the faith in God, even if they didn't receive that full knowledge for, for Moses, for Elijah, they didn't see the coming of Jesus, but they knew of God's plan and they were going to trust in whatever God's plan was, that it was the perfect plan. And so we are surrounded by witnesses, a cloud of witnesses who had faith. And so what I see that is, is a call that when we are 
challenged in the truth, challenged in the faith that we have. It may be a financial challenge, a relationship challenge, a challenge with a, a um, harboring of a, a, a guilt. Maybe I haven't forgiven someone. Maybe I'm holding on to a grudge. Maybe I'm discouraged about something at work, about something in the church, about something in the world. Go on the list. But that those cloud of witnesses should remind us, and here it says, persevere in running the race, that we need to keep moving forward in faith and keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. That's why I have so many images of Jesus in my home. I, You know, and I've got three images of Jesus right here, plus the crucifix. I want to keep my eyes on Jesus, and it is so easy, so easy to get caught up in the war, in the headlines, in the whatever's going on. But see, that's the, that's the gospel message here, that Jesus says, I have come to set the earth on fire. See, this earth and this life is temporary. So we think about we have the song, peace on earth, give us peace on earth. But but that's not the peace that Jesus is talking about. When we call him the prince of peace, it's the peace in our hearts. It's peace that comes from truth. And he is blazing on earth a peace that will divide. So that if you don't choose the peace of God, you don't choose the peace of truth, it'll divide. And it has divided. And it will divide. And Jesus even foresees that sons and fathers, mothers and daughters, daughter-in-laws and mother-in-laws, there will be divisions. And you may have experienced in your own family division because some are choosing the Lord and the truth and some are not. If we don't choose the Lord, we have chosen not to be with the Lord. And so we're called once we explore the truth of Jesus Christ, once we start to read these gospels, these words of God, and we start to enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ, and we become baptized and initiated with an indelible mark, a mark that will never be erased, even white out. Remember we used to have white out that would white out your typewriting? No, there's nothing that will wipe out your baptism in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus comes to bring peace in our hearts so that we don't just dwell on this earth. Yes, we take care of it. Yes, we take care of the people on this earth. As the Lord calls in our own particular domestic church, in our family, in our neighborhood. But truly, the earth that we are preparing for is our heavenly home our heavenly home. And who is there with us? Who is there already waiting for us to be there? The Blessed Virgin Mary. And so as we anticipate her feast day of the Assumption, let's ask Our Lady, Mother of Hope, to guide us during troubled times, difficult times, times of division, to bring about peace, peace in our hearts, peace in our homes, and true peace that comes from the truth of Jesus Christ. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. God be with you this week. Look forward to talking with you again next week on Faith Moments. You have been listening to Faith Moments with Dina Marie. 
reflections upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. New podcast episodes are released weekly through the generous support of Mater Dei Radio. To learn more about Faith Moments with Dina Marie, visit me online at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. May you have a blessed week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.